Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Drew Justice in the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode we had. I interviewed Nasreen Musa. Ow. I'm photography. I also talked a little bit about photography in my life and what that's done. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode of Pop Progressive. Sorry, I'm eating some some trail mix. Um, talk about Iran, the United States. Next episode, there will be an update episode on that stuff. Um, so don't worry. Things got kind of busy. That episode was supposed to come out um, for the beginning of this week, but we kind of things got kind of jacked up. We couldn't uh, release our follow-up, but we will be talking about Donald Trump's address to the nation and where we're going from here. But besides that, something else came out earlier this week, and that was yesterday, and that was the 2020 Oscar nominations. Now, anybody who been a long time viewer or at least a viewer within the listener within the last year knows that I love movies I love me some movies and I like award shows for some reason even though they mean absolutely nothing but since society has placed so much value on award shows like the Oscars and the Golden Globes, I figure I might as well indulge a little bit. So, 2020 Oscar nominations came out, and I will be giving you my rundown of these categories, what I enjoy about them, what I think about these nominees, who I think will win. Who I think got snubbed. This trail mix is delicious. And just my general thoughts. I have to say something though. This year's Academy Awards. Is one of the best Academy Awards. Nominations. That I've seen. Since paying attention to the Academy Awards. I'm overwhelmed with joy. To see good things actually nominated this year. Are there some snubs? Yeah. But. It's pretty amazing. For the most part. So. Let's get on right ahead. So I have categories. I have the nominations in front of me. I'm telling you what I think. So, first category we have right here is Best Actor. Now, um, I've seen just about all of these movies. The nominees are Jonathan Price for The Two Popes, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, 
and Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now this is interesting because all these performances are really good. I've seen half of Pain and Glory, so, but I think I know enough to judge um, Antonio Banderas's uh, performance in that movie. He's really good in it. Um, the only thing I'll say is, it seems like Robert De Niro was kind of snubbed. Remiss, I've thought about this. I feel like part of the reason is. There's a scene in The Irishman where Robert De Niro's talking on telephone. And it's more than clear that there's nobody on the other end of that telephone when he's talking. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just like that's just terrible telephone acting, I guess. He's not doing a very good job at acting like he's talking on a telephone to a real person. Um, so, I'm like, okay... But, I don't know. I would rather him to Jonathan Price. So I would say, I would say that Robert De Niro was kind of snubbed for this category, for the Irishman. But, the rest of them definitely deserve it. Leonardo DiCaprio is freaking amazing in, in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He does... Wonders in that role, and you love him even though he's a jerk. <laughs> and a lot of that performance really feels super authentic. Like, when you're watching that movie, I always feel like I forget that it's Leonardo DiCaprio, even though it's Leonardo DiCaprio literally just, you know, he doesn't have crazy makeup on, he's not like... He's just kind of being himself a little bit. Maybe not himself to like the extent. Like the full extent. But like he's playing an actor. And you can feel like it feels like that character has been lived in. I mean it doesn't feel like I'm watching Leonardo DiCaprio play an actor. It feels like I'm watching an actor. In the best way possible. An aging actor. So I thought that was really great. The two people who will be battling out in this category are going to be Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix. Now, Joaquin Phoenix did win the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Obviously, the Golden Globes are absolutely not really a, a like, um, I don't even know what you would say, a, um, a good indicator of what the Oscars will pick. They always are like picking weird stuff. Like they picked 1917 for best drama. Nobody saw that coming. That was wild. So. Here's the thing. Adam Driver in Marriage Story is freaking phenomenal. He does stuff in that movie that I'm like, wow. How... Are you making me just forget that you're Adam Driver? And, like, I really feel like I was just watching this man go through this divorce. And he's so good. He's so good in that movie. And that is another performance that feels super authentic. But. 
Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, give me a break. That is performance of the year. His physical acting, the way he is able to essentially embody the emotions of Arthur Fleck are incredible. And not only that, Joaquin Phoenix does a really, really good job at ensuring that what happens on screen concerning how he is as Arthur Fleck are very reflective of the state of mind that Arthur Fleck is in. And like, you can see, like, when he goes from being Arthur Fleck to being Joker, how he talks changes. His, his physical, his physicality changes. And those moments where he is that reduced Arthur Fleck character, you are just... You're watching just, like, a very amazing portrayal of a pitiful, pitiful man. And I think... Joaquin Phoenix just does this way better than anybody ever could. And I 100% think that he would be the winner. I think he's going to be the winner. If he isn't the winner, it will be Adam Driver. I'd be surprised if anybody else won. Leo's definitely not going to win. He always has a tough time at the at the Academy. <laughs> he gets the worst luck when he's when he's nominated. He always has to go up people who, go up against people who are like 50 billion t- who who are doing performances that are like next level. And and obviously more favorable to the Academy as well. <clears throat> next category. Oh. I don't want to do Best Picture yet. Best Actress. So. We have Charlize Theron for Bombshell. Renee Zellweger for Judy. Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Those first three are not going to win. It's just not going to happen. So. It really comes down to Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. I think it's a no-brainer that it's going to be Scarlett Johansson for a marriage story. Same thing with her and Adam Driver. Very authentic feeling performances. Some of the most amazing performances that I think I've seen all year. Especially from Scarlett Johansson, who... I feel like we don't get to see a lot of her range in movies. And she really did a lot in this role that I thought was just phenomenal. Ultimately, I think she's going to take home the statue for it. Saoirse Ronan, second, but... I love her in Little Women. I loved her in Lady Bird. I love her in Brooklyn. She's an amazing actress. Um, But she's not going to take it. She's up against somebody who... Ultimately, Scarlett Johansson gave the best female performance of the year. And um, and that's just it. She's just going to win because of that. She's just that good. I love... There's this amazing scene where she's just talking to the to Laura Dern's character, a lawyer, about how she's been feeling in the marriage. And it's just like a long take. 
and I was just like blown away by what she was doing. It's, you can tell when she's in pain, you can see her desperation, and again, you forget that that's Scarlett Johansson. You are just like, this is a woman going through a divorce. And I feel like the Academy digs movies like this anyway. If you guys remember 1979, Kramer vs. Kramer won Best Picture, so this is like this year's Kramer vs. Kramer. Best Supporting Actor, now. This is an interesting one. So we have Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Al Pacino for The Irishman. And Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's not going to be Tom Hanks. just won't be. It's not going to be Al Pacino. Who know, I do think his performance in The Irishman is freaking incredible. It's not going to be Anthony Hopkins. It's going to come down to Brad Pitt and Joe Pesci. Now, this is going to be interesting because Joe Pesci has already won one Oscar. In the same category for another Martin Scorsese movie, Goodfellas. Now, I think Joe Pesci has the best chance of taking this award. But, in the event that he doesn't, even though I think he just should win, because A, his performance was incredible and different, which I think the Academy is really going to dig. The fact that him as Russell Buffalino was different than the Joe Pesci we've ever gotten. This was Joe Pesci at a different level. Joe Pesci at a quiet, reserved, but clearly filled with rage inside of him. I love that part about the movie, is that he is a person you can tell when stuff isn't going right. Like, he wants to fly off the handle, but he won't, because he's wise. He knows better than that. And I love that much that part about his performance. It's so good. One of the best scenes with him in that whole movie is um, him and Frank Sharon are at that diner. And he tells Frank, essentially, that he's going to have to kill uh, Buddy Hoffa, but Jimmy Hoffa. And he's like, we did all we could for him. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Now Brad Pitt has a chance. I don't think Brad Pitt's ever won an acting Oscar. People might be like, let's just give it to him this year. You know what I mean? That's happened before. Happens a lot. At the Oscars. <laughs> There's a lot of the just like, oh, we got to give it to him awards. And he did amazing as Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that performance. Another, the, this is part of the reason why I think it's going to be either one of them. They're two of the same kind of performance. Reserved, quiet roles, right? The Academy loves that. Reserved, quiet roles where you have to, like, look at their eyes, where you have to, like, kind of get understand where they're at inside their mind right and see what they're dealing with joe pesci and brad pitt nailed it this year and i think they both did just an incredible job doing that like brad pitt in once upon a time in hollywood you can tell that he is like 
you know, he's chilling out, but you can tell that there's stuff that troubles him, right? You can tell that there's stuff that you're just like, that, that, that like inside it, it kind of hurts him a little bit, right? Like, he's like, you know, he says in the movie, like, he's content, you know, with like driving Leo around and stuff like that. But you know that deep down, like, he's like, you know, I could have made something better of myself. So I think, I think winners, Joe Pesci, runner-up will be Brad Pitt. Best Sporting Actress. 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 Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Margaret Robbie for Bombshell, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Laura Dern for Marriage Story. I think this is going to go to Laura Dern. Um, I think Florence Pugh is really, really good in Little Women. Scarlett Johansson having two Oscar nominations in two separate categories is just weird. I don't know why they did that. That that role that 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 category could have gone to somebody else who who deserved it. Um, whoever the Asian lady, the Asian lady from the old Asian lady, right? The grandma from the farewell easily could have had that uh, spot. I think she was really amazing. Um, I haven't seen Richard Jewell, so maybe Kathy Bates will win. I don't know. I have no freaking clue. I'll try and see it before the Oscars. Margot Robbie for Bombshell. I didn't see Bombshell. Sadly, it was a movie I did want to see. I just kind of got unmotivated to see it. Maybe I'll see it. I don't know. Um, Georgia Rabbit. I'm actually seeing that tonight. But I already think Scarlett Johansson is going to win in a different category. They're not going to give it to her for Best Supporting Actress, too. Unless she just took both both Oscars the same night. That'd be weird. But I think it'll be Laura Dern. Laura Dern gives easily one of her best performances that she's ever given uh, since the TV show Big Little Lies in Marriage Story as the like as Scarlett Johansson's lawyer. You can feel like her cutthroatness. And I feel like this is another role that the Academy likes, like the stronger woman role, right, where she, she knows what she wants. She's kind of ruthless, maybe a little evil, you know what I mean? And I feel like Laura Dern covers all those bases in Marriage Story. But she's also just gives a great performance and I really really thoroughly enjoy her performance in that movie. So, I think that's really what what she'll get. I think I think Laura Dern is a shoe in for best supporting actress. If not, I would hope that it would go to like Florence Pugh because I do think Florence Pugh is really amazing in Little Women, but then again, I haven't seen Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, haven't seen Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, haven't seen Margot Robbie and Bombshell best animated feature now this is interesting because i have seen literally none of these movies <laughs> klaus missing link toy story 4 how to train your dragon freaking 11 and i lost my body i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say it's gonna be toy story 4 because i keep hearing amazing things about toy story 4 i need to watch that movie i'm probably gonna watch it this week honestly because I keep hearing these just amazing things about it. And I'm a big fan of Toy Story. I like Toy Story 3 a lot. Right? That's my favorite Toy Story movie. I know that's kind of controversial for some reason. Even though it's very clear that Toy Story 3 is 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 like the superior of the Toy Story movies. It's weird. But I'm, 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 I'm willing to step out on a limb and say it's going to be Toy Story 4. I haven't seen Missing Link either. Another movie I really wanted to see, actually... But I didn't get to go see it. Didn't come to a movie near me, uh, a theater near me, weirdly enough. Best original music score. Now, this is going to be interesting. So we have John Williams for Rise of Skywalker, 1917 for Thomas Newman, Joker, Hildur, Gondotir, 
Gonadetir, Gonadetir, <laughs> Little Women for Alexandre Desplat, and Marriage Story Randy Newman. Now, this is going to be a hard one. This is going to be a hard one. They love to give this award to Alexandre Desplat. Alexandre Desplat makes good music, but he is not, he shouldn't win all the time. They give him too much credit, I think, sometimes. Uh, perfect example, Hans Zimmer's score for Dunkirk, brilliant. Lost Alexandre Desplat for The Shape of Water. How that happened, I have no freaking clue, because Hans Zimmer's score was clearly the superior score that year. Uh, didn't work out. So, now Marriage Story, Randy Newman, I don't even remember the score for that movie, right? That's how freaking good it was, right? I don't even freaking remember it. Freaking saw this movie recently, too. And I have no freaking clue. I don't know. It was probably, it probably was good. I don't remember anything being bad. I remember some enjoyable musical moments, but I don't remember, like, any tunes or anything like that. Uh, the Little Woman score, I think, was great for the movie. Alexandre Desplat did a good job. Not his best work, though. Not his best work. Star Wars Rise Skywalker, if they give it to John Williams, that'd be a little upsetting just because they would, they'd just be doing it because this is his last Star Wars movie. And I also don't even really think that The Rise of Skywalker like should be nominated in this category. I thought the score was fine. There's only like one moment in the whole movie that I think the score like is really like brilliant. And that is when Luke lifts his X-Wing out of the water. I thought that was just a great, a very well put together moment. Um... But by no means do I think that maybe that score should be nominated. I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's it's just, the Star Wars scores, they just kind of feel the same. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. There's good ones. There's pretty decent ones. But Star Wars Rise of Skywalker score just felt like the, 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 the greatest hits of Star Wars, really. Um, now, Joker in 1917. So we have Thomas Newman for 1917 and Joker, Hildur I want it to be Hildur Gonadetir for Joker. Now, I think that score is brilliant. After I saw Joker, I couldn't get that score out of my head. I thought that was just magnificent. I thought the way, she, the way it helped make the images on screen just feel that much more powerful is exactly the reason why she should win. Um, it was just amazing what she was able to do with that score. And I love her work before. She did the score for Sicario 2, which I thought was a brilliant score, right? I think she should take it for Joker. But in the off chance she doesn't win, Thomas Newman for 1917 would be a great choice. I recently saw 1917, and there were moments where the score was about to reduce me to tears. It was so good. Uh, there's an amazing moment, which we've all seen in the trailer, where the main character is running through the first wave of soldiers as stuff is blowing up around him. In the trailer, you're like, okay, that's interesting. In the movie, when you watch it and you hear that score with it, freaking incredible. Incredible. 1917 is so good. That score is so amazing. Honestly, I think I think I think it'll be Joker, but 1917 would not be a bad choice at all. I don't think. I think that would be a wise decision by the Academy if they chose either one of those movies. I couldn't be mad. I couldn't be mad if they chose one or the other. Honestly. Uh, best documentary: Edge of Democracy, Fursama, Honeyland, American Factory, The Cave. I have no clue. 
probably going to be American Factory because Barack Obama is freaking backing it or whatever. I haven't seen it. I don't even know where to watch any of these. I think American Factory is on Netflix. Let me check. Let me check that out real quick. I want to be able to see some of these. What is the cave? The cave is last man Aleppo returns to his native war-torn Syria. Follow dedicated team of female doctors who are currently. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Oh shoot! I just did. I just lose these freaking. Okay, here we go. I thought I just lost these categories. Um, that's interesting. Uh, what, a, what, what's the other thing? What's Edge of Democracy? Oh, that's a Netflix one, too? Dang, I should watch that, because I keep seeing that, and I keep thinking it, the leaders of it, Brazil are followed as they deal with their ideologically divided country. Dang, I, okay, I'm, I'm watching that one. Dang, now I'm gonna have to go watch these freaking documentaries. Dang, not, not Netflix, too. Think about that, not Netflix. Honeyland? That's about the bees, right? A woman utilizes ancient beekeeping traditions called the hand. That one's not gonna win. No one's gonna. They're not gonna vote for the beekeeping documentary. Let's be real. Is it? it doesn't matter how good it is. They're not gonna freaking beekeeping. They're not gonna. They're not gonna vote for that. Could be the best documentary ever. They wouldn't do it. What's for Sama? Uh, intimate journey into the female experience of war. The story of. What uh, life through uprising and all? Uh, dang, another Syria freaking movie. Dang, that could win. And then, what was the other one? American Factory. That's another. Is that a Netflix one? No, it's not. No, it is a Netflix one. Oh, I heard about this. In Post Industrial Ohio, a Chinese billionaire opens a new factory in a husk of an abandoned General Motors plant. Early days of hope and optimism give way to setbacks as high-tech China clashes with working-class America. That'll be interesting. Um, if I really had to pick, just based on reading things, I think it could be American Factory, or it could be um, the uh, For Sama. I think it'll be American Factory or For Sama. I don't think they care enough about Brazil, some Brazilian, whatever. I have to watch these documentaries. The only ones I'm going to be able to see are American Factory and Edge of Democracy. Um, unless I get Disney Plus in freaking the next five minutes and freaking watch The Cave because that's a National Geographic thing. But I don't know. It'd have to be, it'd have to be American Factory or Forsama, I think. Especially maybe Forsama uh, because that's a... Uh, has to do with the refugee crisis Syria and stuff like that something hot topic but American factory I think you know has a good has a real chance at least from reading the descriptions best foreign language film so we have lace miserable lay miserable parasite Corpus Christi honeyland wait what is this the same honeyland that I just clicked on the documentary what is going on interesting it was Rob, Parasite, Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Pain and Glory. Now this is going to be interesting because Parasite is nominated in this category and the Best Picture category, right? Usually the Best Picture nominated foreign film is the foreign film that wins Best Foreign Language Film. However, this could happen as well, right? The Academy could decide Best Foreign Language Film is to go to another movie. And then Parasite would just be in the running for Best Picture. Could happen. Could happen. But that's not what's going to happen. 
Parasite is gonna win. If Parasite doesn't win, it would actually be a really, really big surprise. The only other movie on here with like a chance is Pain and Glory. Pedro Almodovar's kind of, uh, what'd you even call that? Kind of autobiographical film. It's definitely going to be uh, Parasite though. But I'm not going to talk about Parasite and how I feel about it until, until I get to the best picture portion of this podcast because that is where I will talk about each of those nominees and I want to save my thoughts for that. All right, best original screenplay, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Han Jin Woon for Parasite, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Ryan Johns for Knives Out, Christy Wilson Cairns for 1917, Sam Mendes for 1917. Now, here's the thing. I don't think 1917 really needed the best writing nomination, even though it's a great movie, but like its script is very minimalist. Um it's a good script, but it's very minimalist, and I think that spot should go to should have gone to the farewell. Um because I believe because the farewell is best original, right? That's an original screenplay, right? Let me just look that up real quick. The The Farewell. Farewell. Oh, other thing. Aquafina was snubbed for Best Actress, maybe. I gotta look back at those nominations again. I just remembered that right now. Um, the Farewell. I think The Farewell definitely got snubbed. Look, not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Uh, da 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 da. Yeah, um, yeah. The Farewell, I think, deserves a writing nomination more than 1917 did. I didn't see Knives Out, sadly. It's a movie I, I regret not going to see, honestly. Uh, it's something I should see, so I will have to do that um, soon, hopefully. Maybe I'll double feature 1917 and Knives Out if I can afford it. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I think the two people with the biggest chance, best chance, are Tarantino and Noah Baumbach. Tarantino has won Best Screenplay twice before, I think. His Once Upon a Time in Hollywood screenplay is freaking incredible. Uh, not gonna lie. I really, really love that script the more and more. I've seen that movie four times. And every time, I it, the script just gets better and better. Now, Noah Baumbach's script for Marriage Story, I think, is what could win him um, this award. Because, like I said... Uh, earlier, they've done this before with Kramer versus Kramer. I think Marriage Story is a better film than Kramer versus Kramer. Um, I know when I first watched Kramer versus Kramer, I thought it was like a 10 out of 10 movie. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, nah, nine. But I think Marriage Story definitely has a strong chance. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a very decent chance as well. This is a hard category because also Parasite is in this category. And if Parasite won, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Parasite stole it out, stole, stole the rug out from under them, because Parasite was amazing. And I think about that script, and that script has just like insane nuance to it, which is part of the reason why maybe it might win, and I wouldn't be surprised if it won. But I guess if I was a betting man, I would say Marriage Story. But I would say Parasite is the is like the likely dark horse. You know what I mean? 
I think it would be. I think I'm. I'm thinking that. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think does have a run in that though. I think they definitely have a chance. Tarantino uh, does has a chance because that script was freaking phenomenal. In 1917, obviously, I think doesn't necessarily need to be in that category. Best Adapted Screenplay. So we have Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Steve Zalian for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Anthony McCartan for Two Popes, Scott Silver also for The Joker. Now, this, I think, is just going to straight up go to Steve Zalian for The Irishman. Uh, I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Be interesting if Taika Waititi won. That would be interesting. Um, Greta Gerwig for Little Women. I think that script is amazing. I still do think that the book does a lot of the footwork, though. Joker, Todd Phillips, Joker. and Anth- So I don't think Anthony McCartan is going to take it for the Two Popes. I thought Two Popes was a good movie, but um, not like the best movie ever. I, I thought that script was good, but I think that script is a little simplistic in its approach to the to the to the issues that the two popes have and i think that movie needed uh, a great friend of the podcast uh jay del turco said that the two popes needed to be written by somebody like um oh my god i can picture him in my head why am i blanking on his name oh no where's my phone at okay i'm sorry guys i'm totally blanking on this person i'm totally blanking on this person um, shoot, what's a movie he wrote? Steve. By Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. If Aaron Sorkin had written The Two Popes, that would have been freaking phenomenal, right? Would have been one of the best scripts ever, maybe. Um, ultimately, I think also The Two Popes kind of, I don't know, It does. it's not as good a movie as it, like, could have been. I think a better director for that movie would have been Paolo Sorrentino, who directed The Young Pope and currently the new pope right i think like his direction i think would have fit a lot better i like the first like third of the two popes a lot like a lot a lot and then the last half is kind of like pretty is it's good but it's not like incredible todd phillips and scott silver for the joker i don't think they're gonna win i honestly find it amazing that they're even nominated in this category not because the Joker script isn't great because it is great, but just because it seemed totally unlikely that Joker was going to even see more than one Academy Award nomination this year. So that was crazy. Um, and then what was the first one? Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. I can't comment on that. I think it'll be Steve Zalian for The Irishman. I think The Irishman, you know, three and a half hours that Steve Zalian is, willing, is able to do in that three and a half hours is incredible. And it's just an epic script right and it's got all these interesting characters that all each get their time enough time to get, to let you know about their characters the important stuff and then make the payoffs and everything really worth it and all the not and not even the payoffs but then the the the, the deliberate not payoffs right that make it hard to watch are just amazing and i and i really love especially the stuff he did with Frank Sheeran's character and just like understanding like this guy didn't get his judgment in life from the law or from a mob hit he got his judgment from having to stay alive and that movie does a really really good job at kind of making that you know hit home and i think a lot of that has to do with the script and scorsese's direction 
Best Cinematography. So we have Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Rodrigo Prieto for The Irishman. Roger Deakins for 1917. Jaron Blaschke for The Lighthouse. And Lawrence Schur for Joker. Now, I think... This is jacked up because I think it just should go to Roger Deakins. But they gave Roger Deakins an Oscar for Blade Runner 2049, and they may be reluctant to do that again if they've already done it. You know what I mean? Robert Richardson's cinematography in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is really incredible. The Rodrigo Prieto's uh, cinematography in The Irishman is good, but it's not as good as it was in Silence. So I don't think he would win necessarily. I think Silence, he did a lot better work in that movie. Jaron Blaschke for The Light... The Lighthouse is freaking incredible. Also, it's a travesty that this is the only nomination The Lighthouse got. Um, I think uh, Willem Dafoe should have replaced Anthony Hopkins for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, let's be real. Um, I think Willem Dafoe definitely got snubbed for that movie. Uh... This is a tough one. Lawrence Scherr's cinematography was incredible. I feel like, for me, it's between Roger Deakins and Lawrence Scherr. Because Joker and Rod- Joker in 1917 have the best cinematography. Now, here's the thing about 1917. We've seen the, like, long-take winners before, right? It happened with Birdman. It happened with uh, The Revenant, right? We've seen the, like, the masters of the long-take do it before. And I think they may be reluctant to nominate something, to make something else, to vote for something else that has the same kind of long take gimmick, gimmick attached to it. You know what I mean? But I think Roger Deakins and Lawrence Scherr have the best chance because Joker's cinematography is just freaking transcendent. And so is 1917. And the great part about 1917 is that you you is that the whole idea of the long take in that movie is to go unnoticed and just be about so immersing you in that experience so roger deakins definitely does the best job but lawrence sure i think has the best chance best original song all right um stand up from harriet standing with you diane warren where are these freaking... What are the movies that they are for? I can't let you throw yourself away, Randy Newman. I'm going to love me again, Elton John. It's probably going to be Elton John, let's be real. Freaking people love Rocket Man. I liked Rocket Man a lot. If it's not Elton John, who would it be? This is their chance to give Elton John an Oscar. Why wouldn't they do it? That'd be so dumb. Best sound mixing... Okay, so this is interesting. So we have Joker, Ford v. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ad Astra in 1917. It's either going to be Ford v. Ferrari or 1917. Um, I mean, Ford v. Ferrari is a race car movie. It seems more likely, right, that it would be um, Ford v. Ferrari because that movie is just, like, on a technical level, just, like, it's all about the revving of the engines and stuff like that and, like, feeling that stuff and i and i saw ford v ferrari and i think it did a really really good job at making you under feel like that right and under feel like you were in the cockpit of that car and like on the track and like making that stuff work so i think it'll be ford v ferrari i think they kind of have it in the bag i think the runner-up will be 1917 um for that because 1917 does incredible stuff with their sound i honestly was blown away watching that movie uh and the sound 
uh, that's in that movie. I think either one would be good. I think Ford v. Ferrari just has the best chance, even though I go back and forth in my head about whether or not it would be Ford v. Ferrari or 1917. Best visual effects, we have Rise of Skywalker, Avengers Endgame, 1917, The Lion King and the Irishman. <sighs> this is another tough one. I, I just assume it's going to be Star Wars because The Rise of Skywalker has amazing special effects. That's an, Except for this, the kind of bullcrap where Daisy Ridley was on that little dinghy type, makeshift dinghy type thing that she was riding on, you know what I mean? That was kind of green screeny, but... The rest of that movie, the freaking special effects are amazing. Avengers Endgame has a really amazing special effects, uh, even though some of that, some there's some very green screeny moments in that movie. 1917. Honestly, the I don't even know what the special effects for that movie would have been, but I mean I can think of a couple um, examples. But best special effects? I mean I guess. I mean, they did a really good job at splicing those scenes together. Nah, but you see, they I don't even know if they should be in this category, because there's definitely a scene in there. There was a scene or two where I was like, or I could clearly tell they were trying to bridge the scene with some CGI, and I remember going like, oh, that's clearly CGI. So I don't know about that. And then The Lion King, maybe it'll be The Lion King, because The Lion King looked like photorealistic when I was looking at it. I was like, holy crap. When that trailer came out, I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like freaking real lions and stuff like that. I don't know. It's either going to be The Lion King, Star Wars, or Avengers Endgame. Maybe the best chance is Avengers Endgame, but I think Lion King has a real shot. Best costume design. So we have Mark Bridges for Joker, Christopher Peterson for The Irishman, Jacqueline Duran for Little Women, Maisie Rubio for Jojo Rabbit, Adrienne Phillips for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Sandy Powell for The Irishman. Now... I think this will go to one or two movies. It's either going to go to Little Women or it'll go to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think it'll go to Little Women. For I don't th- I think it'll be Jacqueline Duran because I remember I went so I went and saw Little Women with Nasreen. And at the end of that movie, she was just like she just says, "Who the costumes in that movie were freaking amazing." And I think they were. I think. And it is the perfect movie that you would award that movie. It's a period piece, right? So they have to recreate these costumes, make it look like time period, keep you in the movie by doing that. And I think ultimately the best thing you can kind of do with costume design is make you just feel a part of that experience. And I feel like Little Women did the best job at that. Now, that's not to say that the rest of these people did not do great jobs. The Joker, great costumes, right? Freaking the Joker costume is amazing. Costumes of the police officers, the suits of the of the of the guys, right? Freaking Robert De Niro's costume, right? Freaking the Joker mask people. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. The Joker masks. That was amazing. The Irishman, dudes in suits, all looks nice, very period accurate. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I well, they're all Nazis and stuff like that. It looks freaking funny. Once upon a time in Hollywood, though, very much feels embodies very very strongly plays up that 1969 hollywood feel so that's the only reason why i think it would be competition for little women also the academy likes movies about themselves that's just the thing best production design so we have lee sandales for 1917 Wan Wu Cho for Parasite, 
Dennis Gassner for 1917, Nora Spokova for Jojo Rabbit, Lee Han Jun for Parasite, what is this, production design, Ra Vincent for Jojo Rabbit, Regina Graves for The Irishman, Nancy High for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bob Shaw for The Irishman, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Barbara Lang. I think it's going to be, uh, I think the Irish, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to take it, hands down. They recreated 1969 Hollywood so to to a to a level that see it seemed like they went back in time, right? I mean, they were driving on streets and it looked like old Hollywood, which was crazy to think about that they got street shots, like real street shots, and were able to turn whole entire roads into 1969 Hollywood versions of those roads. I think it's very clear that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to win, hands down. Uh, what is this? Best, wait, what? So, Best Animated Short, Sister, Kit Bull, Memorable, Hair Love, Dot, I don't know what any of these are. I'm just going to, what's Kit Bull? Oh, that looks adorable. Is a cat and a pit bull? A stray kitten, uh, uh, a fiercely, in, uh, an unlikely connection sparks between two creatures, a fiercely independent stray kitten and a pit bull. Together they experience friendship for the last the first time oh that's interesting oh it's a pixar short oh it's available okay so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have to watch that we'll make you cry oh my god can i do that okay i'm gonna have to watch that all right i'm just gonna say kipple because freaking they love pixar they love their shorts um dang what's it isn't there some yeah, it's going to be that freaking movie. What, who, who, who are you kidding? Best Sound Editing, Oliver Tarney for 1917, Donald Sylvester for Ford v. Ferrari, Rachel Tate for 1917, Wiley Stateman for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, David Accord for Star Wars Rise Skywalker, Matthew Wood for Star Wars Rise Skywalker, Alan Robert Murray for Joker. Uh, this is just going to be the same. I think it's either going to be 1917 or Ford v. Ferrari. Now, bigger categories. Where's Best Film Editing? I didn't even see that. Best film editing. Dang. Is that even... Hold on, guys. I gotta freaking find that. I know there was a best film editing freaking thing. Unless they're just not gonna do best film editing at this Oscars. Which is totally possible, knowing these freaking people. Um... Oh, best hair and makeup. Bombshell Joker, Judy, Miss Maleficent, 1917. Probably Joker. Best hair and makeup, probably Joker. Dang, look at all these freaking categories that were not shown to me. Interesting. Uh, oh, best film editing. So Ford v. Ferrari for Michael McCusher and Andrew Bucklin. The Irishman, Thelma Schoonmacher. Joe Rabbit, Tom Eagles. Joker, Jeff Groth. Parasite, Jim Jinmo Yang. I think it would be Thelma Schoonmacher for The Irishman, because how could it not be her? I think that's the best edited movie. If if it were to be anything else, it would be Ford v. Ferrari. But I'm almost 100% certain it's going to be Thelma Schoonmacher. Or at least my pick is Thelma Schoonmacher for The Irishman. I cannot rationalize another decision. I cannot. Oh, best original score. Oh, no, I already went over that. Original song, hair, makeup, costumes, visual effects. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, the big ones. The big ones. L big ones. The big ones. Alright, so the big ones. So best director. 
Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Juno for Parasite. So, Martin Scorsese and The Irishman. This is the most reserved we've ever seen Scorsese. I would, well, maybe not the most reserved. I think Silence is the most reserved. Second most reserved we've ever seen Scorsese. Perfect balance between the fun and the horrific in The Irishman, right? Perfect balance. Todd Phillips' Joker. Todd Phillips wowed me, all right? Todd Phillips wowed me when he directed War Dogs. I love that movie. I think Todd Phillips did an amazing job with that movie. Amazing movie, right? Joker was next level, though. Joker, Todd Phillips proved to us that he can be in a tour, right? That Todd Phillips is not a director that you should take lightly just because he directed The Hangover. A well-directed movie, I might add. A well-directed movie. Todd Phillips had something to say, right? He had something to say. He said, I'm going to tell the story in a way I think is relevant to society today. And he did The Joker, and I, and I, and I think his direction in that film is beautiful, it's careful, it's very, very strong in terms of his composition, um, when he chooses to do camera movements, when he chooses to let actors do things, right? Um, his direction of the performances is obviously amazing. And the decisions, the creative decisions made in that movie, I think, made that movie incredible, right? Sam Mendes, 1917. Sam Mendes has been making beautiful movies for a while. Skyfall probably being peak Sam Mendes beauty, but 1917 knocked it out of the park. That whole one-shot aesthetic really works and is immersive in the movie and allows you to kind of forget that there is a director and a camera happening. You are just following these two soldiers. And I think ultimately that is something that will put Sam Mendes definitely ahead of a lot of these directors. Definitely in the strong running for this. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The most reserved we've seen Quentin Tarantino since Jackie Brown, right? He did Hollywood. He he created a world. He created the Hollywood world to a T, and he directed that movie with such fervor and energy as Quentin Tarantino only can because he loves it so much. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, a very slick clean looking movie crisp sharp looking movie right very slow camera pans very amazing editing the montage placement brilliant when he chooses to do voiceover awesome the only issue being the epilogue of this film definitely is a little hard to sit through ultimately i think martin scorsese and Bong Joon-ho and Sam Mendes have the best chance. If I take a pick, I would say Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. I just think maybe the Academy might bestow some gratitude to Martin Scorsese for directing a three-and-a-half-hour epic mob film that doesn't feel more than 220. I think that's just what it is. And now, Best Picture, my favorite category. All right. Um, oh, and just word on Laura Dern being snubbed for Best Director. I mean, Laura Dern, freaking Greta Gerwig, and Lulu Wang being snubbed for Best Director. I don't think that's an issue. I think it was a very tough competition this year. I think ultimately they chose the right choices. 
I do think that. I do think they chose the right choices for this category. And then for Best Picture, we just have Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, this is a very interesting category because this is the first time in a long time where just about every Best Picture nominee is actually deserving of being a Best Picture nominee. Last year that wasn't the case, the year before that wasn't the case, hasn't really been the case in a while. But ultimately, I think all these movies definitely earn their spot uh, in their nominations. I would say the only thing is movies that got snubbed. I do think Lulu Wang's The Farewell was a snub. I think Uncut Gems is a snub. And I also would say that um, if if I feel kind of lukewarm about Tom um, Tom Hanks, freaking Robert De Niro not getting nominated for Best Lead Actor, but I, I do think could have easily been nominated in that category and done well was Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. His performance in that movie is freaking incredible and very different than the Adam Sandler performances that we've gotten, um, so I really, really enjoyed that. But as far as Best Picture goes, I do think there's only nine movies up here. I definitely think they could have filled that tenth slot with... Um, either Uncut Gems or The Farewell. More, mostly The Farewell, I think that movie is just masterful. As well as I do think Uncut Gems is masterful, but I think The Farewell took it to a, to a new level. I think Lulu Wang really killed it with that movie, with the script and the directing. And uh, I actually would have liked to see writing nomination for that movie as well. But we have Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, 1917. Now, this is a hard year. It easily could be The Irishman, Three and a half hour Scorsese epic. How could they not? You know, you would think that. But they've passed him up a bunch before. Uh, I think the dark horse of this whole category is Joker. Weirdly enough, I think we're. I there's just something about what that movie has to say and just how controversial that movie was that it would almost be like the perfect storm if it had won Best Picture. Do I think it's the best picture of any of these movies? No, because I do think The Irishman was definitely a better movie. I think Marriage Story is a better movie. I think Little Women is a better movie. I think 1917 is even a better movie. And I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely a better movie. But I think Joker's definitely earned its right to be up there. I think Parasite has a little bit like a slim chance, you know what I mean? Because of, you know, just how beloved that movie was by audiences, both at home and abroad. I don't know. This is very interesting. I would have to place my bets on The Irishman. I think that's a safe bet. I think the other safe bet is Marriage Story um, because this is this this type of movie has won before Marriage Story. Um, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker in 1917, I think, would be the dark horses. But ultimately, I think it'll be The Irishman. I think The Irishman is definitely the movie that is the best movie out of on any of these. So, I would say that. So that is my rundown for the Oscar nominations this year. I think this is a very, very great, it was a very strong year for movies, especially towards the end, which I really, really like, because I didn't think that we really had a strong year for movies the last couple of years. But I think this year is actually, actually knocked out of the park. So, thank you guys for listening to that. And uh, I don't remember when the Oscars are. Let me look that up. Where are the Oscars going to be at? 
February 9th. Oh, that's not even that long from now. So February 9th, an ABC. I feel like that's early. Usually it's at the end of February. But that'll be when. So you can we'll all tune in for that. And uh, I will see you guys next time. Um, we'll talk about something else. Probably going to be pop progressive. Who knows? Maybe it'll be something else even different than that. Since this podcast has now been the Eduardo Gets to Do Whatever He Wants podcast. <laughs> so I'll see you guys in a bit. Adios.